Hey, this is Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 115, The Agony of Choice. And with me, as always, well, not as always, but most of the time, Tom Church. Oh, I'm here now. Yes. I gotta say, that particular announcement voice, there's a spider kind of hanging in the grooves of the table here. Yes. It's completely motionless. The moment you start talking, it suddenly spazzed out. Oh, yeah, no. My your, voice. your voice is like, just it's resonating with the lower creatures. It's, I, I'm like the uh, dragonborn. You know, except of, it's tiny spiders. Yeah, the, he's yeah. That's that's. Yeah, you are powerful. My my home is an infestation of spiders, <laughs> so stay away, burglars and uh, thieves who would steal my precious bodily fluids for their uh, dark magic. Whoa there, whoa yeah. there, Ross! <laughs> I didn't go that crazy. Uh, yeah, well, sorry. You're not really Doctor Strange Love. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, in this episode, um, we are talking about. Uh, scenario design. Uh, how I, I've sort of been thinking about designing. Well, not scenari- just scenario design. We've talked about that before. Well, sure. But what's the, yeah, but there's a specific kind of design you're thinking of here, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, what I'm calling player action based uh, or focus design, where you're, I want to design scenarios based on getting players to do certain things, the kind of actions the players I'd like to see more of in games. Design to help. You know, herd the cats, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Instead of a uh, concept or something like that. So we'll we'll talk more about this idea because I haven't fully thought it through. I haven't fully resolved it yet. This is an ongoing question. Um, so yeah, but anyways, uh, we have some news. Uh, first off, boiling point. Uh, the first Base Raiders adventure is finally out for Jossum. <laughs> it's Jossum. Uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. The it is eight dollars for the PDF and fifteen for the print. You can get print-on-demand. I toe-tab uh, my copy already. Uh, awesome. <laughs> thank you. It is on DriveThruRPG. Uh, it will be up on the Base Raiders website by the time you hear this. Uh, and you can also order uh, print copies off of Amazon. Uh, or, you know, because why not? So it's available on all kinds of sales channels. Ooh. And it will be uh, carried by your local game store, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> uh, please, just, Metagames. Yeah. Pretty please. Uh, no, I'll just I'll just go there directly. Buy my book. You know, for science. Um, yes. So uh, also in con experiences, I'll talk a little bit about this next, a little later. I went to Comic Blues in Houston, had a good time. Uh, Took a, I got a photo taken that's pissed Aaron right off. <laughs> yes, uh, with Joel Hodgson. I'll put that, I'll make that the art, the art for this uh, episode. Uh, and sad Aaron face. Oh, uh, but um, you're kind of going to a con. Yes, so- I'm going to uh, go play Northwest in Seattle. Uh, which is kind of more of an indie con- indie game con up there at the uh, University of uh, Seattle, mm-hmm. and uh, I will be I will be doing a uh, my own new uh, base raider scenario, and uh, this I'm as a kind of an added an added you know spice for it. I'm not going to actually run this game until I'm there. Right. So I'm just, I'm going to actually just go off my notes. Fuck it, let's do it live. Fuck it, let's do it live. All right. And I'm going to let him know that too. So go play Northwest. When is that exactly? Uh, it is the twenty. I believe the twenty seventh through the 29th. And you are you going to be there uh, all sorry, day? That's that weekend. You're going to be there the entire time. Uh, all of the first day and half the second day. Okay. Uh, and that is in Seattle. It is in Seattle. Do you know exactly where in Seattle? University, the camp, University of Seattle campus. All right. So I'll put links up, obviously, in the show notes. But if you're in Seattle and you're free that day, uh, and you want to go, you know, poke Tom and you know. 
get his precious bodily just fluids. See, yeah, just see you go like, like, what do you want? Leave yeah. me alone. No. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because uh, you're so gregarious and, you know, extroverted, Tom. We know. <laughs> what? Shut up. Uh, so we, uh, you can go uh, bug him uh, and talk, ask questions about the uh, podcast. Um, so good. Uh, I do have to make one sort of sad announcement. Well, uh, not great announcement. Uh, Fear the con. Uh, I will not be going. Uh, because I have freelance work. I am actually location scouting for a movie that's being shot here in the Ozarks uh, called Tattered Demelian. Uh, it is, they're casting people now and they're looking for locations. And because I live here and have previously location scouted for Thank other things. Thank you, Larva. Yes, uh, the Sci Fi Channel original film, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Uh, I am looking for places for them to shoot uh, their movie at. So, Flying vaginas. Uh, that's Larva, not Tattered Demelian. No, Tattered Demelian looks so classier. Yes. Uh, uh, it is directed by Rama Mosley. Uh, she directed The Brass Teapot, uh, which I believe is on Netflix. I'll, I actually need to check that Interesting out. Interesting premise for it. I looked yeah. it up. Yeah, no, it's got a great trailer. Uh, it's a magical teapot that if you <laughs> hurt yourself while you own it, you get money from it. So a couple Depending gets on it. how hard you hurt yourself. Yes. Uh, so it's jackass, magic jackass for cash. Uh, jackass. Um, Someone's already thinking that up as a game show. Oh, yeah. So we, but anyways, a Tattered Million is a darker sort of supernatural thriller. Uh, that's look, yeah. Anyway, it looks really good. But I'm location scouting. The director's coming in, and so I will have to be working that weekend. I cannot <laughs> go to St. Louis. Is the point for this podcast? Yes. And uh, Tom is. You can go. What? What? You're just not going. We'll see. I haven't totally decided yet. <laughs> okay. I'll make. I'll actually post in the forums if I decide to go. Okay. You should go. Should Bring I? Aaron, you, you should. Take Aaron with you. I'll help pay for your room. I want the RPBR to be represented there. Represent? Yes, exactly. Run base raiders for there. Uh, play. Run another scenario. Run two scenarios. Like, run, a, run run boi- I don't give a shit, Tom. Run boiling point. There you go. Done. Have him... Meet up, have them make friends with the shark people there. They would, the way I would run it. Well, exactly. So you can yeah. run your version of it where you, you make friends instead of kill them. And well, force... that's what we did. I know. Well, you did kill some of them. You did kill one of them. I didn't. Well, I'm, not, as... I'm not designed to kill. You were part of that team. You... I was, but Ross, my character wasn't designed you, to kill. You, I, you had some sort of role in that combat. I, 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 maybe. No, I, was, I wasn't the primary instigator of violence. No, you weren't. But you're, you're an accomplice. <laughs> Well, we, we're all accomplices, <laughs> Ross, aren't we? No, no, that's not what an accomplice means. Uh, so, um, <coughs> anyways, yeah, so Comic Palooza. I guess I'll talk about that in the shout-out section. Uh, my experiences in Comic Palooza and the uh, Carcosa-esque experience at the airport, uh, mm. where I was delayed a day because of the historic flooding and rainstorms and thunderstorms in uh, uh, Texas. Uh, so, yeah. over Memorial Day I know, I know what that's like. Uh, yeah. No, I was in. Uh, actually, I I went by Amtrak to New York the yeah. day of the uh, derailing. Yeah. Well. In fact, we were we were relaxing in the hotel room in New York when that came on. Like, oh crap! I think that was the train. A little different for me, but yeah. Uh, yeah well, a trans- I didn't have a nice hotel room to just. Oh, I could wait there. I was. I was in the airport well, for a long. We time. prepared better for things we can't possibly predict. Oh well, that's not how. You, that's literally not what preparation means. 
Well, that's what I'm choosing to. Unless have you're mean. a prepper, I guess. Uh, and we're we're getting uh, uh, we're getting normal we're getting our normal level of distracted. Yes, of banter, because uh, that's what the the uh, that's what you people want. <laughs> so let's talk about the agony of choice. Uh, let's do <laughs> the the whole uh, premise behind this uh, is be I've been running online games for Patreon backers, uh, several games now, like you do, like you do. And I've had a lot of fun running them, and the players have said they've had a lot, a lot of fun playing in, in them, and you can listen to many of them, uh, even for free, on the Patreon webpage. You don't have to even be a backer, or even you can... I make those publicly available. Sure. So anyone can download those APs, uh, actual plays. But um, it, it, it made me realize running an online game is different than a tabletop game, especially if you're running an online game for people you don't know. You know, they're not mm. as opposed to like friends or something like that. Uh, Got so, like a con game where you can't see them. Exactly. And and so what I've been trying to do is think about scenario design to maximize the fun for online players. Sure. And for me, uh, that means what I think would be more entertaining or more engaging for the players is one where they have more input and more chances to talk and also... Uh, role play against each other mm-hmm. because obviously one GM versus five players, and I hate to be the one who is like I'm talking to five people at one, you know, once, and they all have to listen to me, and then they then I get one brief thing with each one, and then I have to go just rapid yeah. fire. Down well, that, that's line. hard enough when you're sitting in front of them, right? But when you're sitting, but when everybody's at a table, players can just reach over to each other and talk. And make side plans. Uh, they can pass notes to each other. Which you can uh, kill them. Cause. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, a game master never admits that. You know, that that's <laughs> just, that's the unspoken code. Uh, but, you know, there's more chance for inner, and plus body language. And just, mm-hmm. you know, winking, nodding, like, ah, you know, clapping, right. that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you can't you can't see me because it's yeah. the same thing as, like, doing a game online. Yeah, exactly. But I was doing an awesome face agreeing with Ross. Exactly, exactly. And and so online players don't have that. They're more lim- they're more isolated from each other. And more of so- their senses are taken away. <laughs> well, uh, that's one way. They they just get you're, fewer- you're crippling them. <laughs> you're tech- you're it's like it's like altered states where you're taking away some of their senses. <laughs> wow. All right, Tom. Uh, I just watched that the other night. Bear with me. I had to. Yeah. No. That that would be up your alley. The whole um, that's the one where the guy reverts into yeah a, body yeah, horror yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. But. Uh, so what I wanted to do is think more about designing scenarios that are not like, uh, here's a lengthy intro, you know, here's the normal situation your character starts out in. And then suddenly there is an inciting incident and something fucked up happens. And then you have to go and resolve this, uh, which is sort of my typical tabletop design. Like your firewall agents, here's your mission briefing. Here's everything. Oh, everything gets fucked up. Go deal with that. (coughs) Or call Cthulhu. You're normal people. Oh my God, something unnatural happened. Go deal with it. Uh, and so on and so forth. I want to minimize like exposition and that kind of stuff. Or it's Ross Payton. Now something horrible happens to all of you. Well, I mean, that's role-playing games in general. Like, there has to be conflict. But it's unique Ross bad things (laughs) happening to you. Well, uh, you know, that's one way of looking at it. Um, So, like, 
for me, that's the challenge. Like, what are the best scenarios where you have players that are talking to each other and trying to reach consen- consensus with each other or at least role playing off of each other? Uh, you know, I want more of a roundtable experience. I want players to feel more engaged, more immersed, as it were. So I don't know. What are your I mean, I, I know you. we talked earlier. You said you haven't run online games. But, no, like not for like 10 years. Right. That was so. a Mutants and Masterminds game, which I just pretty much I during when I ran that one, I kept it mainly pretty straight up action. Not right. a, not a lot of you know like you don't have to investigate the uh, potential super crime that's going on. It's just okay, bam, the guy the left wing the right wing of the of the museum blows open, and now they're. And you know the well. Running. The thing for you, you mentioned that you're running it through messaging software. Like, yeah, I think it was yeah. AIM. Yeah, so that's a lot different than voice because you know you have it was more all yeah typed. typed, and that's easier for a player. It's a more not quite as uh, demanding as a voice, you know, a Google Hangout or a Skype right. session. So um, I don't know, like. In terms of so, just regarding the online angle, if you know, we were also talked earlier, and you mentioned that you, you, the usual thing for you is like you come up with the premise, the concept, Mm -hmm. you know, the the elevator pitch of it. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, like Nazi war camp plus Cthulhu mythos, go, you know, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Um, But so now I'm thinking, like, how do you design a scenario based on what you want the players to be doing? And And I don't mean railroading, I mean, there are different types of actions players can do. One is, you know, for example, talking to each other. You know, like, I'm trying to do this, you're trying to do that, let's resolve this. Right. Or, or the, uh, the other thing, the, of course, the biggest thing is combat, which is the GM says a thing, player one says a thing, you know, or resolves one action, player two resolves an action, player three. So everyone takes a turn, and everyone gets roughly about this, uh, the same time of uh, screen time. Um, but, I don't know, other actions? Or, uh... Or actually, you know, just talking with each other and or talking with NPCs and yeah. other and other characters. So, yeah, usually like with talking with NPCs, it's usually like the entire party meets one NPC mm-hmm. and everyone gets a chance to sort of talk, you know. Uh, usually the one thing, like, for example, that's one thing I would like to avoid is like one player talking to one NPC for an extended period of time because that's just one player doing mm-hmm. that. I would want to make sure everyone gets a chance to have a, a chance to role play. Uh, of course, the biggest thing I want to avoid, and this is just a general, not even specific to online gaming, is, is NPC one talks to NPC two, you know, because that's me talking to myself. And I'll actually be honest. Sometimes I kind of like to do that sometimes, but I always have to. Measure. Well, that's our style. Different yeah, but style. yeah, but I have to measure it. I don't want to yeah. be like, okay, for the next ten minutes, you're just going to sit there, and I'm going to entertain you yeah. while I have this one man show going on right. over here. I mean, that's one of our thing differing in styles. I mean, you tend to run games that are more focused on like you know interactive role playing where we talk to mm-hmm. people. I, I really that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. And in fact, uh, the, the the thing I'm going to do for uh, uh, Go Play. Yeah. yeah. Now, just going to mention that uh, the players are all underground and cannot pass for human. Right. So they have to remain. But you know. So but I I have a lot of uh, characters they can interact and talk with. But some of them can't do some, and some can't do others. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to them figuring out how they're going to talk to these people without yeah. being seen in public. Right. So that's I'm really looking forward to seeing how the players deal with that. Yeah. Uh, that yeah no that sounds good. I'm probably going to end up stealing your uh, one particular homeless guy. 
let's see, the one from Here's a New Arcadia. Yeah, you know the, the one. Uh, was... like, yeah, like yeah, like him, him with him with all the uh, you know religiosity, uh, is, religiosityisms. Yes, and socio political ramifications. It's, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, that that'd be great. Uh, steal steal all you want. I'm totes going to. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's the kind of thing. So, like, so you have combat as one example. You know, player one player talking to NPC, all players talking to NPC, NPC talking to NPC, and then you also have like I think the thing I really like is planning. Mm-hmm. All players talking to each other and coming to a consensus. Because let's be honest, uh, everyone loves the planning scene. They do. Uh, the problem, of course, is that as a GM, you have to kind of like keep them on task and because there is a very strong point where everyone, no one can decide everyone mm-hmm. dithers and like oh we could do this but we could do that and, all, and, that that is, and largely it's they try to come up with a plan that would match their skill sets yeah so it, i mean it, it takes a group you know the group doesn't always pool their skills and resources to work, yeah. out, work out it seems sometimes it's like no we very clearly is the only way we can do it like i mean the thing you can do well it's not my fault i have those skills right uh, what well, technically would be your unless you had a pregen? Shut uh, up! That and the players play. Shut up! That's not true. Yeah. So, given what I've told you about it, so like, I don't know for for you when you are running a game, what kind of things do you want to see players doing? Like, what do you mean? What like for me, it is the planning or the kind of things where I can lay back and watch the players. <laughs> <laughs> or like reaction scenes, like "Oh shit, we're 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 fucked now," or like "Oh my god, that's so you know." That's- it's it is so hard to just pick one kind of scene that I really like to do. I mean, okay. I, I love I love when players start bantering, mm-hmm. and when, especially when it comes naturally. Yeah, yeah. You know, like not every group can do that, right? Yeah, you know, like uh, luckily I've you know a lot of the players like, they love to talk in character and just not even about important things. Mm-hmm. We've had, we've had like. 10 to 15 minute long scenes it was just us kind of hanging out and you know like in case my like the skyscraper that i lived in is kairop and heroes mm-hmm. of new arcadia we we're just talking about so uh, hey you want a shasta soda i got lots in there and <laughs> I, we could just do that yeah for several minutes and be thoroughly entertained uh yeah that's true and that's a that's a really good that's actually a really good idea too is something more focused on role like just expressing our, our mm-hmm. characters and getting into them uh i mean caleb we've been playing red markets uh caleb's uh game that he's developing and he has these interlude scenes <coughs> yeah uh where we just role play for example which is our favorite movie in the diehard scene as we're driving i just took that totally i just yeah so yeah, that, di- that what's your favorite Die, you know, Die Hard One or like which one? Die Hard One through Eight. Yeah, Go. and so yeah, because it's in the future, so there's more Die Hard movies. Woo! Uh, so we had we had a lot of fun making up bits about yeah. the newer and uh, Eight die- had dinosaurs in it. Uh, did it? It did. We didn't. Might as well. That. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, yeah. It's canon now. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I love it when that it. it I, to me, it's the best when it happens naturally. When it's just char- like a bunch of players totally under their characters just. Start shooting the shit. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you, so you're more fo- focused on the uh, sort of interact. I, I love interactions. Interactions. Really love interactions. Rather than the like, we must resolve the thing. We must mm-hmm. resolve the plot. Like yeah, Caleb or, and I tend to be more plot heavy. Like we're that's really, true. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the plot is extremely important, and yeah. eventually you have to get back to it. Right. But you know, I really just love scenes where. Uh, or like interaction with certain NPCs. Like if I if I work up an NPC yeah. that all the players want to talk to and interact with. I mean, dude, come on, come on, man. You you the thing is you come up with some reluctantly. Like yeah. like oh come on this that 
Balogr and the Fat cannot possibly be that awesome to you. Like, <laughs> well, we want him in every scene now. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, I had I had fun with Balogr. Uh, not gonna lie. Or Bright Eye, or Bright Eye is like, yeah, like you know, actually, well, we really didn't want him to show up, but when he did, we're like, just on the outside, we're like, oh, this guy, and the inside, like, awesome, Ross has to do that voice again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, and that's a good point. Um, I mean, what kind of things do you do as a GM to try and help get to those kind of scenes? Um, well. First thing I you know, kind of first thing I do is um, like when I start a game like that, I mm. ask them, uh, okay, introduce your you know, especially when I'm recording, introduce, oh, okay. introduce your characters, and uh, like often like, a lot of times with me, like I'll give character sheets with their skills, but I don't include any backstory. Okay. So and I encourage them to come up with some backstory. All right. Uh, and also, I always like if I want to do interaction with an NPC, I'm really going to think of that NPC and how I want to word him. Yeah. And um, I'll try to do a voice if it's a voice I can do. Right. If it's like an accent that I know I can't do, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. Like if I have a Japanese character who doesn't speak English very well, and I have to do, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's kind of racist. Yeah, I mean, German I do because I think I can kind of do it. Right. And no one's told me differently yet, so. Yeah, I mean, well, the Germans are just so polite and reserved. They 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 have a hard trouble expressing their their true. They totally do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they they would be it would be so uh, uh, impolite for them to do that. They wouldn't do that. They they're, no. they're not direct and straightforward. No, no, uh, not at all. <laughs> not not you know not, and they're not not vulnerable to groupthink or anything like that. Well, I mean, that's humanity. That's know? humanity. So. Uh, th- those are good points, and actually, that's a really good idea. And the um, actual one of the l- more recent games I ran, uh, which is called Cthulhu Game, I just let players make their own characters. I, I gave them a link to buy a key, and said, "You, I'll have pregens. If you don't, you can make a character." And like uh, two of the players came up with backstories for their character, and I'm like, "Holy yeah. shit, that's I, I, awesome!" I, I mean, if it's possible, I do like to let the make the characters make their characters. Yeah, like if I'm going to do like if it's a game where I have advance warning, I can tell them like. Like okay, hey, I'm gonna do a uh, Call of Cthulhu game. Yeah. Uh, next, you know, next week, I'll have some pre but make some characters. Sure. Which, but once again, if you're doing like a con game, you gotta have pre-gens handy. Well, yeah. Unless it's like an indie game where character creation takes five minutes. Right. Or but, Cthulhu Dark. Yeah, or Cthulhu Dark. But in this case, uh, when when you have to make pre-gens, it's you gotta make sure it's up to the uh, players to come up with backstory. Yeah. I mean, I can come up with character history, which is. The characters, the pregens I'm going to use for my, uh, for base raiders, I'm going to come up with their histories and how they arrived at their places and kind of how their personalities go. But I'm really going to leave the details up to the players. Okay. But I'm going to I'm going to encourage that because, well, that's I said that's I'm, I'm trying to naturally encourage that to happen. Yeah. But not force it. Um, I, that that's a really good idea, and I'll, I will definitely do that in the next online game I run where it, there will be. A focus on um, giving players more chance to you know role play their characters mm-hmm. and show who they are. Uh, that no, that's a really good idea. I should do that because I tend to be, especially in the first games, <laughs> right, like the evac is like, you are whoever you want to be. I don't care. Here is your template. It was Eclipse mm-hmm. Face. So pick a template. You pick a pick. A, you know one of their pre-generated characters. You're here. Here's the mission. How do you do yeah. it? Yeah. You know what? I saw it to this day. I believe that's why I didn't like Knights Black Agents. Okay. Because it literally was, I just picked a template. Yeah. It turns out I'd love to see a sniper a sniper forger in some movie or whatever. <laughs> uh, like, you know, a world-class forger who's also American sniper. Yeah. 
so yeah, that, I mean that that, that makes a mem- more memorable character. But yeah, uh, I bet I knew if I had had some, if I'd been able to think of some backstory for him. Yeah, I think the game I would not have been as opposed to it. Okay, which is why I'm sure if you ran it again. Yeah, Lance Black Agents, and I had a chance to do that. I'm pretty sure I'd be just fine. Okay, yeah, I mean, um, there were, I mean, we, we and we've talked that to death. Uh, but it's an example. Yeah, it is an example. Uh, and certainly, so that 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 will certainly help me uh, for my and, own mind. Uh, and I think just, that's what got 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 me through a lot of my rifts and palladium playing. Ignoring char- the, yeah, yeah, character creation took so long. Yeah, that. But as I was doing it, I'm like, I had lots of time to think up of a backstory for this person. So, yeah, yeah. By the time I finally got all those goddamn numbers on the sheet, I I, I knew this guy's social security number. Fair enough. So in a so yeah, I was playing a oh god, I was playing a, a got a god awful you know non Euclidean mess of numbers, but he was a non Euclidean mess of numbers that I knew everything about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah and, and and that's a good point. Um, but so going back to the online games, one other thing that for me is, you know, I'm describing a complex situation. Like you're here to evac people from this hospital. It's surrounded by just a mob of crazed rioters. Uh, they're totally deranged or infected with some bat, you know, some some version of the exurgent virus. Uh, you, you, of course, this is Earth during the fall, so you don't know that. And so there's a ton of shit going on. And so for me, it's, you know, one, for me, the problem, I felt like I was, I had to boil things down into like a choose your own adventure. Do you do A, B, or C? Mm -hmm. And let's see how the dice go. Instead of, I mean, I think the player, I mean, I allowed player input, but like also with online games, it's harder for players, I think, to. uh, I will. When you don't know the them, ba- and yeah, they don't know each other, and you're online, so it's harder to get the back and forth. Like here at the ta- yeah, you know, the table tabletop, I can get a piece of scrap paper out. Here's this, here's this, yeah. and I know there's sketching tools and shit like that, but that takes more time and more effort. And, and, I'll, yeah, and also, and also, like you know, at a, when you're at a table and like one person has an, an idea, yeah, you can tell like you know they can like yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like raise their hand like, but you yeah. know, yeah, when it's online, it's very easy to start stepping over everybody so i mean maybe i should try and structure the scenario so it's not focused on such hugely complex set pieces uh something but something that allows really good input for everybody you know something something some role for everybody and Mm -hmm. it's i'm trying to find a modicum of between complexity versus uh playability and like you know i don't want combat against one big boss monster because everyone rolls to hit and take your ah i crit this guy oh we'll fight over good job you know i don't want i don't want a boring fight and i don't even necessarily want to fight but i want something interesting but not too complex playable I don't know. I guess I'm looking for what is the perfect encounter. You know, what is the perfect? I, what for you? When I mention these things, I mean, does anything pop in your head? Have you had any really good uh, experiences with something that was um, like hit that sweet spot? To me, um, when I'm doing a game like that, like I agree, I agree. A, a single boss monster, it just it just eventually just goes yeah, yeah. down to roll the hit, damage. He attacks you, bloody. And also, I think on the on the other end, just a whole. Huge mob of mooks. Yeah, I think that's better than a boss monster. Yeah. but because everyone can do their own thing, but yeah, eventually that gets down to like, oh hey, are we done killing them? Yeah, no, we got more to kill. Yeah, to- I mean, for me, I think actually the first thing I did in the one I'm describing is the evac, uh, Eclipse Face evac, which you can listen to on the Patreon page. Um, 
is I think it actually worked w- pretty well because what I did was here's the overall task. Get these two VIPs out of the hospital. Wait mm-hmm. for it to show up. Secure the hospital until that happens. And then there were a bunch of – but there are a bunch of different ways you can do that. You could – you know, zip line across the street and take out the snipers that are harassing you. You could uh, reinforce the guards at the lobby and help them kill guys. You sure. could grab the airdrop sentry turrets and set them up. Uh, you know, and so each player broke down and did their own task. And so that worked out pretty well, I think, for that first thing. But I think where it kind of fell down is like, you're in the helicopter. You get attacked by a giant sky monster thing, and you know, right? Um, and the players are like, "Well, we shoot at it." Okay, you shoot at it. Well, all right. Yeah. Well, back when I did my online game, yeah, what I did for combat is I didn't do a boss monster, and I did not do just mooks. Yeah. But I actually had like there's like you know, they were a superior team, and there's a villain team going after what they're supposed to go after. Yeah. And I and I didn't I like you know they had like files on all of them and like what they believe some of their their like their names and what we think some of their potential powers are yeah and then they encountered like one or two of them at a time so it's a concentrated fight with some challenge but it doesn't get down to just you know whittling down a mountain of hit points yeah so and I kind of had it where like okay like you have no description so like is this like is this guy their lightning thrower or is he the guy that can turn incorporeal because well what we do in, well, because you have a surprise round but if we do this thing in the surprise round it's going to be totally worthless and okay so some ambiguity kind of like mm-hmm. and more I think more like a medium like medium challenges rather than either one heavy challenge or you know just endless hordes of one hit point mooks to blow away you know what I think you know it sort of gave me an idea hmm. instead of a fight a task you have a predefined task, you know, uh, but there are multiple, but it's open-ended and it's a sort of a chaotic situation. So the players have multiple ways of trying and they can all split up or team together to co- and complete it. So the first thing that comes to my mind as you're talking mm. uh, is a manhunt. The mm. players have to find a fugitive and he's escaped in this area. And so each player, you know, in fact, I think I'll do that. I think I'll, I'll take some of the things where everybody gets to make their own character and do a manhunt. Find this guy. He's in this city. And so each player will have, you know, they can either team up to make, you know, like, well, we'll just search all the phones. You know, we'll, uh, you know. Look at his files. Find yeah. people he knows. Yeah. And look at their cell phones, you know. Or I will go to the his, I'll hunt down his known associates and try and, you know, grab them and inter- interrogate them. Or I will go to the scene where he escaped and try to He likes gambling. Train. I'll go to all the casinos. Right, right. Or exactly. So, like, allow players to contribute so every single thing they do provides a single clue to that contributes to the same thing so i guess maybe something like that or like you could do another one like oh you have to build fortifications or you have to defend you know there's a horde of barbarians or zombies or mutants or whatever coming you have to defend against them uh how do you do that so like oh well i go to our well i'm a social character what can i do well you can go to the nearby tribe and negotiate with them for their alliance i'm gonna go to the guy i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to the fortifications expert guy i heard about that guy's sick yeah exactly uh or i'm i'm uh i'm just a big strong warrior what can i do well you can uh train the other dudes to fight better uh you know it's an evil so it's sort of like a training montage kind of thing i don't know any other ideas come up with that like a a single overall task 
and everyone can contribute to it in many different ways. Uh, I think maybe that that's the key for these online games. Um, so, um, what other thing? Or um, actually, or like you know, I think another one like hunting, like finding an assassin before he strikes. Okay, so a little like the manhunt, but like. But, but you know you don't even know who he is, right? But you know he has you know his target. Yeah, you know the target. You don't know uh, the anything else. Mm-hmm. So it could be a man, it could be a woman, it could be multiple people. So yeah, you're the Secret Service. Protect. I, I will admit, like I watched a mo- I watched the Mark Wahlberg movie Shooter. Yeah, and that was what the first part of it was like mm-hmm. hunting an assassin who's going to kill the president. Yeah, and you know, I really like. It's actually kind. I of, surprised me. Kind of an engaging part. <laughs> part. Well, it's well. Okay, I'll say this. Like the first part is, you know, like we want you to plan the execution, the assassination of the president, so we can stop it. Yeah. And so it shows him going to all this, this different cities, finding out like, well, this city's no good. There's no line to sight. Yeah. But yeah, the the whole part then leading up to the big overall meta plot, which slows down a bit, but then picks up. Yeah. I'll say, but it's that first part was I could really I could see a scenario of someone's going to assassinate VIP. Yeah, and you're and you're hired to stop it from happening. Yeah, so you have this starting clue, or maybe two or three clues, so <coughs> everyone can protect them. Or you could ignore the clues and just reinforce security, or change mm-hmm. the schedule, or do whatever. Like, or you, like you might know one thing, <clears throat> like he's known to be a sniper, mm-hmm. so it's probably going to be from a distance, right? <clears throat> so many different ways to success, like mm-hmm. focus on the clues, focus on the security, or, or split up, or for like, or if you two, along those same lines, another great movie to watch. It's Pretty crazy, but a uh, smoke and aces. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's like it's I like think we thought yeah, like it. this guy. There's this huge bounty put on this guy. Yeah, and yeah. Like, there's like seven, six or seven different groups of assassins that come in, all of them with their own specialty. Like there's a guy that's a master of disguise. Yeah, there's snipers. Right. No, are, I've I've seen yeah. that. Um, I I know I saw like I ran a game of Scion. The White Wolf game mm. where you play godlings based on this, smoking mm. aeons. Did you play in that? Yeah, I was in it. Yeah, yeah. That was the one with the Pegacorn, mm. uh, the Pegasus Unicorn. Uh, <clears throat> Patrick and Korean. Back in the day. Uh, well, back in the day. Yes. <laughs> Great. Because we're old. Yes. Uh, well, everyone's old in a cosmic sense. I mean, we're made of star stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's billions and billions. Uh, so... Um, yeah, no, I think, well, I've made some progress. This this thinking through has uh, sort of Well, you're welcome, yeah. Ross. <laughs> um, I still hate you. Oh, wow. Heart, wow. That well, huge thing, I don't well, know. Well, come on, if we recorded the average drive to Gen Con, you'd think we were, we, you'd think we were bitter rivals out to kill each other. Yeah, more or less. Uh, well, passive-aggressive rivals, at least. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, perhaps, yeah, perhaps I'll kill you, or perhaps I shan't kill you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's true. So, uh, so that I guess that works as the main plot. Um, any other things about like other types of actions you'd like? And to once see again, uh, like I said, I said I the planning scene. Planning scene. Because yeah. remember, um, oh, my payday game. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, like I, I, I gave you the the thing you had to do. Yeah. And. For God, I think a good 45 minutes of game time, it was just you working out the plan to do it. Yeah. And uh, what I love, uh, like, everyone had, you know, they they had their skills, the character sheets, on the skills they had on the sheet, and they, everyone worked together, like, to, you know, so everyone got to utilize their own skills to work a plan. Right, right. I think, it's, once again, it's easier when you can see everybody. Yeah. 
But I think you could actually work that out in an online game. I mean, the thing is, uh, with online gaming, there's a lot of advantages, too, that you don't have in tabletop games. I mean, you can pull up web pages, and you Mm. can pull up Google Maps and be like, you're here, motherfucker. It will take you this long to get there. Uh, Or he's wielding this weapon. Um, They do have sketching and planning tools. Like, you can draw maps online or do flowcharts and shit. Like, there's all kinds of apps for Google Hangouts that I haven't Mm. even explored. Which I really need to do. I mean, you can do screen shares and stuff like that. So, sound effects. Uh, sound effects, yeah. That could be another thing. Um, and so there, there's a lot. I, I barely scratched the surface. I know I should be getting the drunken ugly guys because they, they are fucking pros at online oh, gaming yeah. with all their Skype games. Hey, drunken ugly guys. Uh, Free shout hey, out. Matt. You're yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> you are. Uh, they ran Boiling Point again. So uh, their last, toad's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when the revolution comes, they will be they will, they be, will be happy to run Divine Fire when if you ever publish. I'm it. actually I'm working on it now. Okay, you better. I don't know or what. I don't know. The fans will be disappointed, Tom. Oh okay, yeah, when you put it that way. Yeah, Jesus, Tom. It's but the you, listeners. It's for the listeners. Like the what kids. the hell was that voice? It's like for the kids. It's for the listeners. Right. Oh, you weren't. In, yeah, you weren't in Better Angels. It's a whole thing. No, I wasn't. It's for the kids. I had a character there for like, yeah, like I, I do remember the one thing, uh, like when the demon, like, and you hit the fucking jackpot with your guy. <laughs> He's halfway to hell already. Pretty much, uh, you would not have lasted the entire campaign. I would not. Uh, my character did very bad things, but he didn't mean to because he was a very foolish character, and that's the justification I will stick to. <laughs> uh, foolish man. Yeah. Brave, but foolish. So. Um. Yeah. Any any other type of thoughts that you like like you see anything you don't want to see players doing? I mean, obviously for me, it's like um, one player not getting their share of its time. Like I know one player's been silent too long. Mm. I'm like, Ugh. and because I definitely don't want someone to check out during a game. Just like, fuck yeah, I, I don't want one character to take over. Yeah. Which oh has, yeah no, which no. has happened before. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even them stepping over people. It's just. They're the loudest and most assertive. Yeah, yeah. Like I've had a game where I've had I have had one really assertive person and like yeah. kind of four, you know, yeah, more passive people. Uh, and that happens uh, with uh, you know games with cons, games with random. Well, not random, but different. You know, unknown players. That's mm-hmm. uh, not been so much of a problem here. You know, it happens everywhere. Well, we know each other. Uh, yeah, which so, one the, that's one of the total advantages of running the, the game at the table for yeah. people you know. Yeah. Um, what about uh, difficulties uh, for me, like players are... I mean, we talk a lot of... We have had a lot of episodes, a lot of airtime devoted towards dealing with player difficulties. Um, you know, players arguing with each other, PvP type stuff. Uh, you obviously want to avoid that for con games. I'll say sometimes, I'll say with the arguing, if it's in character, I'll let it go for a minute or two. Yeah. Because that can still be... Come on, that's a big part of characters in movies or whatever interaction. Well, yeah, conflict. But, yeah, when it gets down to it's just, I can tell it's a player yelling at another player. Yeah. That's when you're like, all right, guys, come on. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, that's when you have to, like, as we said on our, you know, that how to take charge as a GM, you got to, yeah. like, okay, okay, we're getting sidetracked here. Yeah. Uh, but and, always do something. It's not like, you guys need to shut up. It's more like, all right, let's get, let's all get focused. and Yeah. It happens, mm. uh, and you can't be like you rule with an iron fist and like <laughs> totally control players. You, you you because I mean the whole point is to have fun, not to like yeah. bend them to your will. So if they but, go, yeah, but when two players are like he was standing where I wanted to stand, oh god, you're like just 
Okay. Yeah. Um, like, how about we all we'll all take a five minute break and yeah yeah. I think sometimes like just taking a quick break can be great. That that's that's true. Uh, we tend to at our PBR tend to run them pretty lean and mean, I guess. Uh, but we also have, we have lots of ban- inter game. Yeah, we have banner, but you know we tend to run games that really focus on the plot, like especially when Caleb's running. Mm-hmm. When I and m- m- sometimes when I run, I don't know if I always do it. Like, but it's like the plot. Ah, do the thing. I've always I've been more kind of a narrative GM. You most you, of my you, life. you 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 do really focus on the interactivity, the uh, the role playing with NPCs and stuff like that. So, uh, and uh, yeah, there's uh, an appreciative style, you know. So, um, yeah. Uh, so this is yeah this is part of an ongoing thing so I will try these things out <laughs> I will do a manhunt <clears throat> I know the next game I run based on this idea is that players will make their own characters they will get to role play them introduce them mm-hmm. and we will do a manhunt so the players will be hunting for a dude in a city yeah like, and we enter like tell me something about your character yeah so I haven't even and notice I have not mentioned what the system what right? the system is what the era is who they're chasing why they're chasing him I will mean, there be zombies uh, probably not. I'm not going to run red markets yet. Okay. Uh, I will be running red markets at some point. Actually, that would be a great for idea for a job is finding a fugitive in the fucking loss. Um, so what? Oh, surrounded in a forest in a forest stronghold with booby traps everywhere. Uh, maybe not. That, that are you referencing something? I can't even tell anymore. No. No, I'm not referencing. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I saw some guy at the hunt down who's holed up and. Well, the, the whole point of a manhunt is you don't know where he is. If he, if you do know where he is, it's a siege. You just roll up to his place and, you know, tell him to come out or you'll set it on fire. I mean, I imagine that's what they do in red markets. It's not, you know. Well, yeah, yeah it's like, you know, like, seriously, we don't have to worry about, you know, burning down infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. So besides, I've seen enough movies. We hate infrastructure. <laughs> well, yeah, no, fuck infrastructure. Uh, it, psh, the Michael Bay theory of yeah, uh, dude. Civil- I watched San Andreas. Oh, you did? I did. Mm. Scientifically researched. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the swarm event is a real thing. Yeah, but you know, I will say that I, you know what? No, actually, instead of a letter, I'll briefly talk about that movie. Yeah. Because I was I I was kind of mentally comparing it to the last disaster movie I saw, which was 2012, and 2012 made me physically ill and angry, and this one did not. All right, well there we go. We'll yeah. be right back uh, as Tom uh, reviews San Andreas as his letter. So, uh, well, it, yeah, but it won't be a total letter because I'll expect Ross to jump in with his own shit too. Oh, I see. For a movie I haven't seen, uh, yeah. Versus a movie I hated. Uh, all right, interaction. <laughs> interaction. And we're back, so Tom. All right, so yeah, let's okay, yeah. When I watched 2012, I was with you. I remember. Yeah, and we were both leaving it kind of. I was a little physically nauseous and angry, like why did like boy they just hit every fucking cliche and they and then they rammed it down my throat with a chimney sweep. Pretty much. And then I recently watched San Andreas and. I groaned once, but when I left, I'm like, I don't feel that way. Why? I mean, it's like, it's, you know, a smorgasbord of destruction. Why didn't I feel that way? And I actually kind of bugged me, so I thought about this for a while. And the differences between 2012 and San Andreas to make San Andreas the better movie. (laughs) 
first of all, San Andreas is much more focused in area. Mm-hmm. It's mainly two cities. Okay. So we're not just all over the goddamn world. You know, it's just jumping and like, uh, and that was, and 2012 is like, let's jump over here and destroy a bunch of landmarks over here. Yeah. And now let's jump over here. And in fact, besides a couple, they left the land, the gratuitous landmark destruction wasn't in there. Right. It was pretty much just showing the cityscape itself kind of crumbling to pieces. But I mean, yeah, there's the Hollywood sign tumbling down and like a tidal, a tidal wave hits the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. But other than that, and uh, there's also, uh, for the, I, I think it's also the uh, the protagonist fit, lent himself better to a disaster movie. Like John Cusack, like a failed writer and family man, is the survivor, right? Versus The Rock, who is like a, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, who was, his character was a former like Marine and now an, a, a fire department air rescue guy, right? Like this guy could survive, and also like. His daughter was he kind of largely brought up his daughter with his wife, so his daughter knows a lot of stuff she he taught him taught right. her so she there's a reason she would know how to uh like access a landline from a credit card so she could make a phone call to her dad and all right. this shit so i I bought it more <laughs> and i think and I think the biggest thing I noticed there was no animal the dog that miraculously survives. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I actually don't. I blocked that out of 2012. All Not I, just 2012, but like like Independence you know, Day. Independence that's Day. Da, you know, uh, Dante's Peak. Oh yeah, Dante's Peak. There's yeah. always a dog, like especially like especially like 2012, like bull, like well those her those that ridge that Russian tro- that Russian's trophy wife heard she her two dogs survived even though like the rest of humanity is dead, but those yeah. two dogs are alive. All I remember about 2012, really, are the scenes that look like fucking Xbox mm-hmm. video game, like, cutscenes or something, where it's like <laughs> the little Cessna flying off the airstrip, being chased by a fucking uh, earthquake as the, <clears throat> you know, world's tearing itself apart. Oh, we're flying around skyscrapers as they're falling, you know? Yeah, it's totally and, like a video game. And once again, yeah. there was a scene like that in San Andreas, like, where the guy's on the phone with his wife, yeah. Who's like having dinner at this like rooftop restaurant when the earthquake hits? So he he's literally like a couple of miles away in a helicopter. So it makes sense that an air rescue happens. <laughs> Dwayne rescues his wife from a rooftop. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, he's on the phone with her the moment the earthquake hits. Okay. All right. And um, and yeah, I will admit, you know, his wife has a lot of cinematic close calls. That, uh, yeah. But it's. You know, you know, it's but he also like because he he is literally in downtown, so he yeah. does have to escape some of the skyscrapers because that's where he is. But right. and that one, that, yeah, he was at the Santa Monica Airport, so you could have just taken off and turned that way. It's it's interesting in your review, your comparison of the two. You're talking about the mechanics of the disasters themselves and the protagonist rather than like the quality of the 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 editing, the the acting. Which is actually the acting or is the better. Story. Okay. The acting is definitely better. Okay. Yeah, you know, like I'll say, like say what you will about The Rock, he's a pretty good actor. He is very charismatic, very charismatic. You know, all the rest of the characters in the mo- and the actors in the movie did perfectly well. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, no one's going to win an award, right? But and also there was no, uh, there's no little girl like, yes, your daughter still wets the bed. Like, Thanks. <laughs> okay. Or like, God, at the like the one thing that made me ill at the end, like, Daddy, like I don't wet the bed anymore. Like, after I saw Civilization fall. <laughs> Holy shit, kid. I forgot that. Yeah. Like, goddamn, that is fucked up. Um, 
That is some Hitler level uh, uh, yeah. shit right there. And also, but once again, and but the scenes like you know, the actual scene, you know, the disaster scenes. They there's no shaky cam. Yeah, they keep it oftentimes, oftentimes like you know, wide shots, nice mm-hmm. and still, so you okay. can see what's happening. Okay. And you know, although I okay, I all right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Okay. The last scene of the movie, which is oh. the one time I actually out loud went, "Oh, really? Come on!" You know, there's like there, like everyone, like there are all the survivors now, like on the hills that are surrounding San Francisco, yeah, yeah. and you know they're they're having their kind of this talking like, "Hey, we're like, man, we survived this, man," like, which is fine and yeah, yeah. that's all. Like, but then like his wife did they so, know It's like, hey, uh, so what do we do now? And then he looks out, and that's when like. Like suddenly, it seemed like you know, you know, like these two fire rescue helicopters fly over. The music starts soaring, like, and the helicopters are flying normally, but then they're flying over the ruins of the Golden Gate Bridge, where just an American flag that had gotten kind of wrenched up in the yeah, way yeah. slowly just comes unfurled, slow motion, and then it goes back. There's this dramatic pull into Dwayne Johnson's face. We rebuild. <laughs> Oh, that's lame. It's lame. I thought you and you were gonna like, oh, a grown out lies like a fucking tentacle pops out of the water. Dude, if no, if it had a tentacle popping out of the water, I'd be like, awesome. (laughs) I can't wait for the sequel of this. Better be a sequel now. But no, that's the one scene that. Or if everyone just like the earth, there was an after tremor and everyone just fucking died. Like (laughs) the earth pops up. If they had actually done that, I'd be like, well, that I was. That'd be more. Well, that was. Unexpected. That escalated quickly. Uh, rapidly. <laughs> but no, is is like they were avoiding. They avoided jingoism and America yeah. until that scene. Right. At that point, it is just a guy trying to save his daughter. Right. There's, you know, we're not talking about because right, it's the right. American way. It's what we do. It's more just we gotta get to our fucking kid like right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. Uh, out of it, our scale from uh, zero to ten, uh, ex- existential threats to humanity. What would you rate twenty twelve? Existential threats to humanity. Maybe like yeah. zero meaning. I meaning this movie. Meaning is uh, well, you interpret that as you will. I'll say okay. Zero meaning. This is a movie that exists only to make as th- well, okay. I'll say ex- as thrilling as. The, the, this many existential threats uh, facing humanity at the same time. So okay, 2012. Well, 2012. How many, how thrilling is it? You can, and you can use other massive disasters or cataclysms as your guide. I'll say it's, to me, it's only a three. Okay. What, what is that? What is that? Is that like Hindenburg? Uh, watching the Hindenburg from a nearby or being on the Hindenburg? I'll say being on the Hindenburg. And here's okay. why. Because it just keeps switching to different disasters too okay. quickly. All right. This one, it is just one disaster. Okay, so the San Andreas, zero to ten, uh, in terms of as thrilling as what cataclysmic event? Six. Six. And what what cataclysmic event would you would you uh, being say? With- I'll say okay, being on one of the islands nearby Krakatoa. Okay, very wow. That is thrilling. Because it- so was it a very loud movie? Yo, yes, yes, it was a very loud movie. <laughs> But once again, but it just seemed more real. I mean, as even as unrealistic as it was, it just sure. seemed twenty times more realistic because it is, it is a disaster. That okay? It's yeah. actually it's actually a something. It's something that I could almost see somewhat being feasible in the realm of science, like a whole fault system going at once. Sure. 
Okay. All right. Well, you heard it here. Six out of ten existential threats to humanity. Uh, as thrilling as, as being as near. As far cra- as going as thrilling. Right. As thrilling I, yeah. as being near crack. I can't think of what a ten in that would be. Uh, some probably a, a dinosaurs. Uh, the meteor that destroyed all the dinosaurs. There you go. Being within viewing distance of that. That'd be or the eventual uh, red giant phase of the sun. Uh, well, that hasn't happened yet, so... Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's sort of a, a theoretical... Uh, that would be like an eye on the scale. So, you know, yeah. Imaginary number. Seven or eight I could see being like the Santorini eruption, which wiped out the Minoan civilization. <laughs> All right, which yeah. Is, which gave rise to the theory of Atlantis. You, you know a lot about cataclysmic events. I really... Actually, I strangely They're do. They're kind of your jam. It's my jam. All right. Uh, so when we get back, we'll have shout-outs and anecdotes. See you then. So yeah, that was so yeah. Swish that around in your mouth for a while. How's it right. taste? Well, very good. So uh, in shoutouts, um, first off, I would like to mention a role playing game that I recently uh, received uh, because I backed the uh, Kickstarter for it, uh, and that is Iron Edda's. Uh, and you saw it. I, yeah, I, I saw it. Uh, the premise: it is a fate core game. Uh, the premise is that you are Vikings fighting off an invasion of dwarves in the Viking era, but the dwarves have giant robots. Uh, Steam and, robots, uh, magic. It doesn't really specify what what powers them. Um, it's a very thin role playing game, and uh, the your normal Viking dudes, but you get you find a way to uh, become giant by animate possessing the bones of uh, dead uh, ice giants, or uh, so you can become as big as one of the dwarves. So you're like you you as a Viking like stay, hover in the rib cage. Uh, magically uh, suspended as you possess the, you know, <coughs> ice giant skeleton and, you know, fight. Uh, so it's a very heavy metal album cover kind of I game. Can, I can tell the type of soundtrack you would need for that game. Yes. Uh, something Scandinavian with some Cookie Monster, uh, you know, mm. type singing. and uh, Scandinavian metal. And at least two or three convictions of burning down churches among the band members. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just, that's that's the kind of album you would need. So, um, overall, I like the game. It's very thin. Uh, it's I a very, very thing. light. Yeah. Uh, the artwork is actually kind of, you know, watercolor, black and white. Uh, I mean, it's a hardcover book, and it's got glossy pages, so nice presentation. But, but it's, oh yeah, I've seen the artwork. They're a little vague and foggy. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see some fucking badass, you know, dwarven mecha or uh, stone giants. I mean, there's like, not yeah, the after, like the after Ragnarok book. It's got some epic imagery in it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like just flying the bomber into a snake's eye that fills up the entire right, sky. and that's black and white too. And mm-hmm. so, like this raised like nineteen grand on Kickstarter. I would have thought that's they would have to sneeze at. Yeah, they, I thought they would have had a better art budget. But you know, I'm maybe I'm being just persnickety. Uh, it has some interesting rules hacks, uh, rule mm-hmm. hacks for fate core, including like a uh, a setting creation system where 
Uh, you roll the dice to generate to pick which questions. There's like 96 questions you can ask of your setting. Like, what was the? Re- there was a recent controversy in your in your uh, village. What is that? Uh, and so the players can collaborate to create a setting. Like, what is your little region around? Uh, and what are the threats you have to face exactly? And that kind of thing. Uh, they also have interesting rules for size and scale. So like normal dudes. Uh, <coughs> cannot damage something that's mecha sized. No, uh, you. But you can. Cl- they treat them as like locations, and you can climb on there, and you can put aspects on them. <coughs> so you could like tie their legs up with rope, or plug up the steam vents, or something like that. So um, you have to work together to inflict stress damage on them. Um, and there's even aside from the mecha, like human scale, mecha scale, and then like epic scale, which is like, you know, the Midgard serpent or something utterly ridiculous like that. Yeah, kind of like uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. So there's there's multiple sizes of scale. Um, well, it's actually like in terms of role playing games, like bigger bads, like how mm. there's multiple levels of uh, size. And uh, so there, there, there's some interesting stuff in there. So we'll probably do a one shot of it at some point to try it out. Uh, but I just want to give that, that that's out so you can go Very check nice. it out. Um, Speaking of Vikings, yes. Uh, this is I, I think this is pretty well known by the internet by now, but by us. But I kind of want to do a shout out for it simply so people will not just like spam my inbox like, oh like, have you seen this yes uh kung fury because i got like about a billion notifications for true survivor mm-hmm. so but anyways kung fury yeah kung fury um it's finally here yeah for those i you know for those who participated in it and donated to it it's here and yes it is every bit as 80s delicious as you imagine it is yeah it has Vikings. It has Thor. Yes. A very like an elderly bodybuilder Thor. Which yes, I think is even better. Uh, so yeah, it's a um, thirty-minute film that was financed through Kickstarter. They raised six hundred and fifty grand uh, for it in December, like twenty thirteen. I, I looked it up recently, mm. and they finally came out like uh, last week or a week or two ago. And uh, it's about a cop from the eighties who goes back in time to fight Hitler. Well, first he's mutated into a kung fu kung fu master. Well, that's it. That's his. Origin story. Yeah, training montage. Yeah, or mm. montage. Uh, so, yeah. But he, goes, but he goes back in time to kill Hitler. Yes, that's the basic Because he's the worst criminal in the world. Yes, Kung Fuhrer. Uh, Kung Fuhrer. Uh, so, they're going to make this into a feature length film, uh, is what I, I've been told, or what has been but said on like, the internet. Here's a 30 here's thir- minute thing. Yeah, yeah. Here, well, that's all he had the money for. Mm. So. Because um, it turns out making movies is expensive. Yes, when you have that many special effects and, and the Hoff. Uh, the so, Hoff. The Hasselhoff makes a cameo. And, and um, it's very and yes, and yes. I've gotten lots like I've gotten I've gotten a lot of messages myself. Like, have you seen Kung Fury? Is have you seen Kung Fury? Because, dude, have you seen this one? His his partner. Like, yes, I've seen his partner. Well, why would they say that, Tom? Because his partner is named Triceracop. Is that just a name? It's not just a name because he's, he's also a Triceratops. Yes, who likes shooting people in their junk. Yep, and has a very upper crust British type accent. Yes. Hello, Kung Fury. <laughs> but there's also a talking T-Rex in it. Uh, um, yes, there is. Which I more felt drawn to that one because that's yeah. more my kind of play style is <laughs> carnage and violence and, and tearing people apart. But then like, friendship is important. <laughs> uh, there's a, yeah, so 30 minutes. Uh, I mean, it's, we're kind of spoiling some things, but whatever. It's 30 minutes. Dude, if you haven't seen it by now, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, go watch it. Um, next up. Uh, I'd like to mention podcast. Kale told me about Flip the Table. Mm-hmm. Uh, they review board games, but they review terrible board games. Ooh. Uh, so I listened to one episode where they review the Vanilla Ice electronic rap game. 
which apparently is a thing. It exists. It is a thing that exists uh, where you have to like the, the the rhymes are like half pre-made, and so you just fill in. It's like Mad Libs, but worse. Uh, and but you it makes to, you dirty. It actually there's like a, a mic that will like beat set out a beat, and you have to rap whatever you come up with because there's only so many words you have available to you. So it's. <laughs> Pretty much a terrible game. Anyways, but they had a lot of Like, I listened to it on my trip to Comicpalooza. Um, and I should mention that. So, Comicpalooza, I went down Memorial Day weekend. It was in Houston, Texas. Uh, I went with my uh, former scriptwriting professor, Diana Botsford, who now writes Stargate novels, official Stargate novels. So, uh, I've read some of them. They're very good, actually. Okay. And she's working on more. And uh, I went down there just, yeah, hey, uh, I have a guest room. You could stay. I'm like, all right, sure, I'll go. Uh, <coughs> and so I recorded panels. Uh, I sold books. Uh, I made contacts. Did drugs? Uh, no, of course not. I would never do that. That would be wrong. So Winners don't do drugs. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm posting the panels on the podcast, as you, you've probably heard some of them by now. Um and I met Joel Hodgson, uh, which will be the art for this episode. The uh, the photo I had taken with him. the one the one where Aaron goes, "Fuck you, Ross." <laughs> no, he's just like I'm jealous. Aaron would never say something like that. He totally did. <laughs> totally did. Uh, so it, the only downside, or actually, it was actually worked out kind of well for me in a way, is that you know Memorial Day weekend in Texas there was historic flooding. There was like 11 inches of rain in one night, uh, and the. Totes Cray. Uh, it was Totes Cray. So my flight, my flight was from. I had two flights from one from Houston to Dallas, and then Dallas to Springfield. My flight from Houston to Dallas was delayed because of technical ma- maintenance reasons, actually. Uh, so when I got to Dallas, I missed my original connecting flight, and then I uh, my I rebooked by calling their eight hundred number. By the way, if you're ever traveling and you need to rebook your flight because you miss a flight or whatever, use the find the eight go use your smartphone, use the internet, find the eight hundred number that you can call up and use that. Do not like harass. Do not wait in line for the, the attend the agent. Yeah, the the like I don't know what it was, but there would be like fifty people to two hundred people waiting to talk to one person. Uh, who is just overworked and you know tired? I experienced that um, yeah. in 2013. Like a bunch of thunderstorms had hit Chicago. Yeah, and I was me and Aaron were flying in there. Yeah, and it's yeah it, there were like five five billion people waiting in line. They, there was three agents in this line. Right, and it took us an hour to get up there. When we finally did, actually, the first thing I said was, "It's been pretty crazy, huh?" Yeah. So I was like, I decided to be really nice. Yeah. But no, like, that's the thing is I rebook my flights in minutes because I found the 800 number and I use that. So use because they have a lot more people in the 800 number than they do uh, at any given airport. So use the be a smart traveler. Uh, Use the resources you have available to you. So I rebooked my flight. uh, But that flight sat on the tarmac for three hours. And sure. then we they canceled the flight at like midnight. Took an hour to get my gate check bag out, and so by then it was like one thirty in the morning. And so I'm like, well, yeah, my rebook flight was at noon, and I didn't want to spend ten hours in the airport waiting for my fucking flight. Mm-hmm. So I went to used Expedia, thanks Expedia, to find a hotel that was nearby. I found the Dallas Fort Worth Airport and Conference Center Hotel. That uh, sounds not sketchy at all. Oh my god, it was so sketchy. It was like forty dollars. And so, oh yeah, we all know the kind of places you get for forty bucks. Yeah, uh, the fitted sheet popped off my mattress, and so when I looked at it in the morning, there's like a, a fist size burn in it, and just a massive stain on the cut, like dark stain on half of the mattress. Did you feel uh, dirty afterwards? 
I didn't care at that point. I I just didn't give a shit about anything. Uh, I said most people that stay there by that point they don't. Like I got there at two in the morning and I woke up at eight. So like I didn't like. You know, I took, but the thing is, the reason why it's a good thing is that I'm doing Ruin, a horror game about architecture and crazy, weird uh, descent. And the first setting for Ruin is going to be a, a, a hotel that is basically Carcosa. So this was great research for Ruin. There you go. At least that's what I keep telling myself. Um, literally, and I showed you the video. Like the sign outside the hotel was like glitched out in like in a really weird Zalgo text kind of mm. way. And, uh, yeah, this, yeah, it was just really fucked up. So I got back and I got home, but like, holy shit, that was, you know, uh, an an interesting experience, uh, in of itself. It's a nice feather in your cap. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that yay travel. Um, so yeah, take that lesson. Always have, use your fucking smartphones. Don't just, oh my God, if you're, if you have to do that, call people. Yeah. Yeah. Call people, use the phone, figure out how you can exploit how, like I was in problem solving mode. I mean, that's the thing is I think gamers in general, like we want to solve problems and we like, how can I get home as quickly as possible instead of just trusting the system to take care of us? Um, that's like trusting the GM. Yeah, exactly. You don't do that. No, you have to be proactive. Um, I, so you had a couple yeah, of, speaking of, yeah. uh, you know, effed up, you know, effed up areas. Yeah, all right. I've been playing the, uh, kind of got into the uh, browser game uh, Echo Bazaar. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, like dark Victorian Eng- London. Right. Yeah. Uh, and what kind of got me into it was, you know, like, yeah, you can do like, I'm, you know, like you, like I'm a badass, you know, fighter, thief guy. Yeah. You can also be like, you know, a poet is actually like one of the classes. Right. And writing, you know, and I didn't realize I could have so much fun just, hobnobbing with people in a browser game or at one point like it's I, very well written yeah and i invited a friend to dinner right and for some reason i got a lot of gamer thrill out of just doing something simple like that yeah because i realized when it was I, another reviewer of the game said the same thing and i agree like when was the last time you played a game and just took someone out to dinner and it felt awesome yeah i mean it's once again it's one of those games that i can't play for long periods right and you know it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you have action points that that, re, that that refresh, but like one point every ten minutes. So you can like do do your maximum twenty points worth of stuff, or, and you can pay real money to refresh it for like a dollar. Right. Or you can just and I'll step away for an hour or two and sure. Uh, no, it, I I played it for a while too. Uh, I played it for a couple months. And it was very well written, and yeah, it was a very different experience. I, I think at the time I was playing it like two years ago or something like that. So I'm sure more, it's changed a lot. Since yeah, then. I'm sure they've expanded a lot more. So I know there's a spinoff game where you like explore. Yeah, it's that's more like it's a ship exploration. I cannot yeah. remember think of the name of it. Yeah, uh, have you played it? I have not. Which, All right. Well, what, if you get a chance to play it, yeah, because if I can't think of the name of it right now, right. Well, uh, if you get a chance to play it, we'll we'll review it. Uh, next up, another podcast for me. Uh, and I know we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I want to reiterate how great this podcast is. Please do. How, how did this get made? Uh, a film where uh, several comedians get together and uh, make just talk about a bad movie that they saw. Uh, and I've, I've heard many a great episode of this show. Uh, but they... Like double Team? Uh, yes, but they've been recently hitting it out of the park because I actually got to listen to several episodes while I was waiting on the fucking tarmac uh, on my plane trip. And so I listened to Deep Blue Sea, which they did live, uh, which was amazing uh, because I will spoil one joke in that. And they talk about um, that Scandinavian actor whose name I can't pronounce. I, 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 uh, 
Some of you know, the, uh, he played the scientist in Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his name? I don't know, but uh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> the guy says, uh, Solon Skargard. Oh, you know, his name autocorrects to Stellar Skateboard. <laughs> and so <laughs> Stellar Skateboard has his arm bitten off by a fucking shark. And that's, uh, and the thing is, they do research on the movies. They listen to the director's commentary or whatever commentaries on the movie. Uh, they <coughs> read up on the internet about it. And so they would talk about yeah. like how the reason why LL Cool J is so much in that movie is because they liked him as an actor like let's give him more shit to do we like ll cool j let's put him in more in the movie yeah uh and I, I think so. you also mentioned uh the island of dr moreau island of dr moreau that one you actually kind of mentioned like one of your favorite parts uh which one that marlon brando refused to learn any lines oh yeah okay yeah the first thing they talk about in that is that marlon brando um had an earpiece which you can see in some scenes uh and so Someone would be feeding him his lines, and then the the earpiece would bleed over into the ra- police band. And so he'd be like, yes, I played God. There's a robbery at Woolworths in progress. Because I think, wasn't this was like, like 1996. 1996, it? yeah. So this was like, I think, four years before he died. Yeah, uh, five years. Five. Uh, he was uh, 2001, right? Um, the, well, no, I think it was actually 2003. Uh, the well, last movie he was in was The Score, 2001. Yeah. With De Niro, uh, but this was his next to last movie. Uh, but yeah, he died pretty sh- soon after the score. So it, it was yeah, after. The thing is, like when he said like he refused to learn his lines, like yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, uh, but it was a, a utterly hilarious, great episode. And then finally, Face Off. I you know what that episode I need to hear. You fucking definitely need to hear that one because uh, one of them, uh, Jason, uh, fucking defends him. He's like, "This movie is great. It starts out with a child being murdered, and it, then it goes up from there." And it's like, "Yeah, no, it's holy shit." Face Off is a fucking insane movie. Uh, and so, if you want to listen to another podcast, if you if you run out of time. <coughs> Uh, you should definitely listen to How Did This Get Because the one that sticks out with me is uh, Punisher Warzone. Yeah, because they got the director. And Patton Oswalt. Yeah, that's true. They, oh, yeah, they got and I, suddenly, like, hearing what was happening, like, oh my god, that movie makes so much more sense now. Yeah. Because it's like there were two movies there. Mm-hmm. One, a really serious, dark and gritty Punisher movie. Yeah. And then Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's a great stuff. Um, you had another game that you've been, you've been playing. Uh, yes. Uh, I, as anyone know, I'm a big fan of uh, turn-based strategy games. Yep. And I've been playing Endless Legend, which yeah. is kind of a fantasy... Sci-fi kind of thing. No, there's it... en- Endless Legend's the fantasy version. Yeah, uh, okay. There's, uh, there's another Endless game that's a sci-fi game. Well, Endless Dungeon. It's all set in the same world. Like, but in it's the en- same Endless, it's, it's more fantasy. Okay. I guess, I guess fantasy with, with like magical technology. Science fantasy. Sure. Yeah. But one of the factions are dragon people. Okay. So, I mean, they basically at that point, like, oh, yeah, I'm good. That's yeah. all they need. It's all they needed to do. Yeah. Got that. Got that squared away. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, it yeah, it's a fun game. Um, very much kind of like reminds me of Civilization. Okay. Which I, I'm always a big fan of Civilization. Sure. So, uh, yeah, definitely recommend that game. It's actually pretty, it's pretty cheap, too. It's only like 20 bucks. Okay. Uh, it, yeah. I'm all like, thank you, Steam, for cheap, good games. <laughs> or fuck or, you, Steam. God damn it, or Steam. Or fuck you, Steam, for cheap, god-awful, are-you-serious games. Or just or fuck you, Steam, for taking all my free time and money by giving me so many games that I will never be able to play all of them, but I must buy them because of sales. And 
Oh, and finally, a game, yeah, a game that I had on my wish list for like a year, yeah. has actually finally gone on sale, and it's still too expensive. What? RP the new the newest RPG maker. Ah, it's it is now forty percent off, and it is still thirty seven dollars. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that that is the tragedy. Uh. Yeah, white people <laughs> problems. Uh, first world problems. Yes. Yeah. Uh, very much. Uh, finally, I would like to mention Mitch Murder, uh, which is a synthwave uh, electronic musician. Uh, the guy behind Kung Fury recommended him, and so I started downloading some of his music. And it's basically 80s music that was made like last year. Uh, so it's like, inspired by the 80s, but not 80s. So like Hotline Miami type music. God, I love that. Uh, fucking so Mitch Murder is uh, great. Yeah, no, there's a whole subgenre now of synth. Like Blood Dragon? Uh, Blood Dragon. Yeah, I've gotten bored of Blood I can't listen to Blood Dragon anymore. Except for like one song, Sleeping Dragons. That's the only one I like on that soundtrack anymore because I've listened to it too much. So I can't listen. Yeah, you need to avoid that with music. Right. So like I have a massive like six hour synthwave playlist that I play in random. It's actually pretty good. It's very good music. Good. I like it. Uh, But Mitch Murder's on there. So um, yeah. Anyways, uh, finally, I would like to talk about uh, anecdotes. Because we do that, yeah. The games have not like, and what we're going to do is we're, they haven't been posted yet, right? Uh, so red markets we're playing. That's the main campaign right now. Caleb is doing that, and we've been talking about that on the game designers workshops. Um, but the, we're not going to talk about that until Caleb's here. Well, I mean, we can talk, give some hints, you know, and right. I, because I already mentioned this on the Facebook group. Uh, one of the uh, the yeah, because I already mentioned on the Facebook group, uh, we had this thing of doing side businesses now, mm. where we found like some loot. Uh, you actually weren't there for when we found it, but we, last session we figured out how to deal with it. Uh, the loot was uh, a cache of real dolls. Ah uh, uh, yes, yeah, look them up. Yeah, um, or not, or don't, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't it's may, save your soul. Yeah, not safe for work. It's not. It's definitely not safe for work to look that up. And you may not want that in your browser history. Um, but we found them, the, and we just, we had two options. One was to take them all the way to their intended destination and try and sell them, which, yeah, that's another job. That's And that's driving yeah. or walking. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or we could just sell them in our enclave, but we need a sales agent. And so uh, we up to Caleb to think of great NPCs. But no, stuff. we did. Oh, that's well, right, we did. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the thing. Caleb is trying to do the thing where we uh, are collaborative. We, I mean, we helped come up with the enclave. We came up with our own elements, and uh, so I came up with the name. So who is the name of some someone who is creepy but reliable? Someone who you could use as a salesman. And so for me, my thinking was like something, some guy who has he like he he's touchy and like he, he skeezy skeezy. So I'm like, uh, it just popped in my head. Felt touch fill. Uh, so. With that, uh, tell 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 us uh, uh, about our little encounter with Felt Touch. Uh, well, uh, first of all, he was. Uh... Oh God, I'm trying to think. He was an adjunct row. row. He yeah. was like living in a tent. Mm-hmm. Uh. And uh, total total perv. Yeah. But loves a good deal. Loves yeah. a good business deal. Yeah. And the voice Caleb did for him was. Uh, Pretty, pretty amazing. He does a good, creepy voice. Uh, and so he's our salesman. We, we aced our negotiation chart. So he's selling our real dolls for us. So every every game, we get seven bounty worth of real doll sales. Yeah, we worked it too. And he and just one of them, he gets the whole seven. Yeah. 
Well, no, that that's our cut after that. So he gets his commission based on that. Um, so we each we there's four game. It's four games, uh, four sessions, seven per. So each of us gets seven. Uh, later on, Aaron sold his share to me, so I'm getting half of it uh, of the proceeds. Yeah, but that's another thing. Yeah, Aaron had a whole thing happen. He did have a whole thing happen. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I wasn't there for that deal. I was busy P90Xing. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, for him to the setup for that, but the payoff was in that session. Yeah, you know? I, I was there for the payoff. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, yeah, even my yeah my huge guy like just wow, that's pretty sick. Yeah. Um, so that so th- those are some little helps. Uh, we also like we got, we get to make up little locations in the enclave. Like I made up I am pastries, uh, an architectural mm-hmm. theme pastry shop. Um, and yeah, then, David came up with uh, was it a uh, something surprise? Guess this mess. Guess this mess. Yeah. Uh, Basically, I, the whole point is, I, it's just it's cans with no labels, and for a, for just a fee, you get to pick out a number of cans and eat whatever's in them. Yeah. Uh, depending, on, yeah depending on how it goes, you might get something really fresh and good. Yeah. Or you might get, yeah, you know, like it still tastes like cream corn, like. Except it's supposed to be deviled ham. <laughs> Caleb had us like role play NPCs who were eating there, and that we had to. Oh, what are you getting? Oh, did you get it? Oh, you got something else. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I have I, I have Doctor Katz. Yeah, my therapist. Yes. Uh, so yeah, some good role playing in there. Um, and but for the main thing for the other anecdote, Aaron we, was Aaron ran a campaign a mini campaign of it was a full campaign. It was like six or seven sessions. Yeah, of Atomic Robo. Yeah. And uh, we, I think we we were all playing uh, employees of Tesla Dine. I think we yeah, all yeah. came up with pretty good characters. Yeah, I took my idea from, and I think we talked about this podcast before. Uh, someone on the Facebook group suggest, suggested I make play a human who thinks he's a robot. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, a crazy person. Uh, you played a Nazi dinosaur. Mm-hmm. I well, I was a former. I was formerly a member Nazi of dinosaur, the party. Not Nazi dinosaur. But I quit that party. Nazi dinosaur. You're like, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's like a, it's like a tattoo. It never comes mm. off, uh, except yeah. when it can. Dan came in later. Yeah, uh, as a bio mega cat thing. Mm. Uh, but we had some good times in that, and we wound up going back in time like, to fight. Okay, actually, I think like, one of my favorite things just between you and me. Yeah, is you would constantly go like, you need be careful. You, you have to control your animalistic rage. Oh yeah, no, you're just a killing machine, and you you're going to like control your bloodlust. Like, yeah, I will be sure I do that. Yes, exactly. No, we don't want interesting. We don't want any more collateral damage. You're. I know you. You feed your 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 eyes when you see humans you still think of them as prey at least your instinctual mind does you must fight your instincts uh like, so yeah the whole joke was i never did yeah any of that stuff no i was yeah but just, it was still great i mean i was a crazy person uh once again that's why i love like you know it's a, just it was pointless character banter that was awesome yeah uh we had good there were good fight scenes too and the good set, uh, action scenes uh, yeah i think one of my favorite but my favorite scene between you and me is we had to uh we were in, like we were in the streets of germany yeah and we couldn't. We were. We had to like. We had to move a dinosaur person and a giant tiger. Yeah. And David was taking care of moving of hiding the giant tiger. Yeah, I think that well, the giant tiger had stealth. Like you didn't have. Stealth. I didn't have stealth. So like we had to come up. So I was a social character. Uh, Thankfully. Yeah. So it was a German nightclub. So I figured performance art. 
So I think I'd like put a top hat on you or something. And mm, I was like uh, austerity. Rex. Yes, you were austerity. So like he's austerity. This is a performance art. It is destroying the environment and the economy. He's destroying our economy. Let us in the. And I, I just feel you know, like like just like uh, we have to save Greece. <laughs> uh, exactly. So uh, that was a fun uh, bit of uh, uh, subterfuge. And we, yeah, no, the, the whole campaign is fun. I mean, we'll start posting it once one of our other campaigns finishes. Probably uh, duality. Probably duality. I'm not sure which one. I haven't counted up to see which. Probably duality. Yeah, duality is mm-hmm. way farther ahead than uh, masks uh, of Nine. Yeah, I think yeah. The whole like the group was pretty in sync. We yeah. had, we had a lot of there were yeah, it was just we'll, we'll do a post mortem. But yeah, just, there were just good moments of us just talking in character. Yeah, it's a more character focused campaign. And yeah. And, you know, you know, just and, and none of it had anything to do with the game or the campaign. We were right. just, yeah, we're sitting alone here. We got some downtime. Like, so let's talk about something. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, just the the joy of role playing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so that that's something to look forward to. Um, the other, yeah, the other. We haven't done much in the way of one shots lately. Uh, although we will be doing, I'll be playing uh, Car- uh, Karen, uh, which is a game we your animal people uh, in a fantasy world. Uh, that'll be coming mm-hmm. up. And uh, that's about all. I mean, we're, I'm I'm finishing up massive Nyarlathotep soon. Actually, hopefully in a few days, uh, depending Ooh. on what the decisions the players make. In in this, the year of our Lord twenty one thirty six. No, Tom. I'm like it, it, campaign only took a year to do. <laughs> only, only, uh, <laughs> only. So um, this has been RBBR episode one fifteen, the agony of choice. I'm Ross Payton, and I am Tom Church, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next time. Go Svidania. Mm-hmm.